The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unbottleneck, the podcast where we solve common digital marketing problems. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic on accessibility. And our guest is Leah Scudamore. And she comes from AimClear and is an accessibility expert. Um, her background is she's with AimClear, an amazing group of digital marketers who do incredible paid media, search, social, um, win multiple awards, just an amazing group. Um, she's skilled at digital marketing, focused largely on search engine optimization, user experience, and organic content strategies. Her primary responsibilities include forming deep strategies for accounts, technical website optimization, which we've talked about plenty of times, uh, reporting, troubleshooting, and additionally, she's the uh, she's actually leading the charge in the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, or commonly known as WCAG and ADA, the American Disabilities Association website compliance for all of AimClear's clients. So if you're a client of AimClear, um, she's probably got a, a huge checklist of things that you need to uh, focus on to make sure that people who have accessibility issues can use your website. Yeah. Um, Leah's career path includes nearly two decades of hands-on and management experience in SEO, website design, and content development. She's well-equipped to help lead AimClear's clients, which have included Dell Enterprise Software, holy crap, yeah. Quest Software, Airbnb, who knows Airbnb, <laughs> Walk-In Lab, uh, Seagull Outfitters, and numerous others. She's been described as fantastically detail-oriented, fully immersed in whatever she takes on, driven to achieve, motivated to do all the right things for others, and highly creative. And so yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and um, so much background in history. What what got you excited about accessibility in the first place or you just fall into it? Uh, well, accessibility actually kind of uh, hit me like a freight train. I... I'm an SEO by trade, and I, I love SEO. It's it's almost an addiction. Um, and I had a friend that was diagnosed with ALS, and we got this phone call, me and my three other girlfriends, and they said, hey, let's get together. Uh, we want to hang out. Let's meet at Don's house. And I was thinking margaritas, and then instead we were told about the excess, that she had ALS, and um, she asked for help doing some things. They're pretty big things, like sell her house and help move her mom, who she cared for, who had dementia, and then also move her into a care facility because it was really, really aggressive for them. And they had estimated about six months to live. Um, so these really big things were need, needing to be done very quickly. And um, in the process of trying to do that, she stopped communicating, stopped texting and things. And it got really frustrated. I got really frustrated because you're trying to do these great big heavy lifts and you're not getting replied to. And I didn't realize that ALS had taken her speech very quickly. And then it also took her ability to hold a phone. So because she couldn't hold her phone, um, it was mounted. And because it was mounted, it was mounted horizontally so that the fonts were big enough. But then everything we used to communicate, um, vertical. It went, they didn't rotate. So she couldn't communicate with us on um, Facebook Messenger, uh, anything. It was like nothing rotated. All of these apps are set to stay vertical. And 
it just made it really difficult. And then I started digging into like, why is this happening and looking for extensions or plugins or whatever to help things rotate. And then I started, I figured out that all of this was related to SEOs, all things that SEOs are doing or and developers are doing. And we need to like change the narrative here because this isn't a checklist. It's about people like my friend yeah. um, and just losing connection with everybody they know and love. So. I know I know Eric at Stone Temple was uh, big about that in his uh, talks at different digital marketing uh, conferences when when asked, you know, how how much and who should I care about when they visit our website? Should we only care about the 80% or so that use the same devices that are up to date? Or do we really care about that other 20%? And I've always agreed with him that it's it's about everyone, even even that that's, you know, fraction of a percent of people that decide they want to use older browsers, you know, try your best to try to accommodate for them. They have their reasons. They're, they're your customer and we want to provide a great experience however we can. So. Yeah. And when the thing is, is everybody's like, well, it's only 22% of the market has a disability or, and you're just sitting here going only that's like one in four, <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? That's one in four for sure. One in five, but almost one in four. And that's my mom. That's my dad. That's my, my friends that, um, you know, that have disabilities, that's it's, it touches everybody. And until you have something big in your life, like mine, that changed the way you see this stuff. Um, and it becomes inconvenient for you. That's when people actually start to pay attention to it. But at that point, it's too late. Um, there's $8 trillion market out there. When you think about the people and the spending power that they have, for yeah. either people with disabilities or people that have a disabled person. And so you're literally just throwing that money away by not Seriously. giving it a little bit of attention. And I'm sure a lot of these things don't take a lot of effort. Um, in some cases, I've, I've heard some things that I'm sure we'll, we'll talk through yeah. that are simple as just adding captioning to your videos or yeah. um, simply you know, changing a, a font in your style sheet from, you know, a, a seven to a 10, right? It's like some yeah. simple little things that, that can make a difference. So thinking about digital marketing in, in general for all those small business owners that have their own websites, um, what are we talking about? What what exactly is website accessibility? I know you, you'd mentioned apps and some other things for, mm -hmm. for accessibility as well, but for those digital marketers that are looking to get their websites to appear in search results, what what exactly are we talking about when we say accessibility? Accessibility is ensuring that your website shows up to the widest range of people as possible. And that's a really horrible answer, but it, it it's the, the nutshell, right? Um, it's making sure that images have sufficient alt text. So instead of saying a uh, blue V-neck t-shirt, it says a blue V-neck t-shirt with daisies on it, with yellow centers, white daisies, yellow centers, um, and a ruffle and a tie on the side. Those are two very different things. And yet when you go into like e-commerce sites, you'll often see blue v-neck t-shirt for a woman's shirt that is actually highly detailed and, and very pretty. Um, that's what I'm talking about as far as like a image alt text. Headlines, like everybody, one of the, my biggest pet peeves. Stuff keywords in there and leave it. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, just keywords. They stuff keywords in alt text or <laughs> headlines are the worst. Like people think like the H1 or the headline one or title one, they think that that's not just like, they think it's just a pretty font size. So you'll see headlines just all over the pages. Um, and 
they'll won't be in a right order. And the headlines are actually, you know, that is the chronological order. It is no different than a table of contents on a book. And they need yeah. to be headline is your page title. And then you have your H2, which is your subtitles and, and so on, right? You know, it's, it's so frustrating too, because John Mueller just said a few weeks ago in, a, in one of his talks that it doesn't matter if you have more than one H1 tag. And I'm like, John, yeah, stop telling people that. That's not right. It's I've always I've always tried to not not just from an accessibility standpoint, but I've always tried to um, to preach the importance of having like an MLA format, right? The yeah. Modern Language Association, where yes. you know you you have a headline, main headline, you summary paragraph, tell them what you're going to tell them. Mm-hmm. You you break out break out your your topics into subheadings, yep. and then you have a summary paragraph at the end, and you, you use an intuitive structure of heading, subheading, sub subheading, right. so that users who read the page, um, maybe they've got images and styles turned off and they want to read it like a, just a text page. Some yeah. people do that. They have readers that read pages. Yeah. And when he, when he said that, I was just like, like, could you please, you know, we reiterate what you mean by H1 It this, I think what he's trying to say, and, and for those people who are watching that video and trying to b- debunk this whole, you know, you, you can have more than one H1 per page kind of thing is what he's saying is that, there's there's not a direct benefit to having just one H1 tag, and and I agree with that, right? But right. I think that there's a there's a indirect um, problem that happens when users who have accessibility issues are reading multiple headlines. It's really confusing as a as a reader. Yeah, and yeah, if you the, one of the classic examples, if you want to see a really bad one, one of the worst websites out there is ABC Go. Every okay. single every single thing on their homepage is an H one. Every single. Oh my thing. god! So when people go there, and it's like, our Disney sites were on the the Go domain back in '06. Yeah. So I wonder if the whole wonder if they screwed up the whole. I don't know primary domain. I, I, I couldn't tell you because I got to the homepage and I was just like, "Holy cow!" Uh, it was really bad. But like everything's an H one, um, and then the items that divide divide, divide the subjects up like top news. Um, finance, sports, all those, they're not even marked as headlines last I looked. Yeah. That's why we always see CNBC and, and Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and not ABC. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really bad. So yeah, jump onto the Wave extension, the Chrome extension, and like add it yeah. to your Chrome and go check out your favorite sites and just look at the number of errors and warnings they have. Um, the average number of warnings on a homepage is like 60, and um, only 10% of the websites worldwide, only 10% are even close to being accessible. So it's, it's a, the market, if you look at the people that need this accessibility on websites, it's the largest minority in the world and only 10% of websites are tapping it. So it's a huge amount of people that 90% of websites are completely ignoring. I think, I think if business owners look at accessibility as, as I can get more customers and, um, drive more business and help people by doing this. The indirect effect of it is higher conversion rates, better um, search engine rankings, more traffic, right? So I think mm-hmm. I think if you, you focus on, on those kind of three benefits of doing accessibility is I'm helping people who really, you know, could use a better experience. In doing so, I might actually see better conversion rates from those that have those accessibility or even partial accessibility problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think there's there's definitely um, there's definitely motivation 
there if you need it. And I would say the first place to start is like what you said is the stories about those folks that are looking at your website and saying, I, I just can't use this thing. And I know your product's great and I've heard good things about it, but I, I just can't, I can't, get I can't to hear it. it. I can't see it. I can't enlarge my fonts. I can't um, it. I'm low vision, right? I've yeah. got problems. So, yeah. uh, well, let's jump into some of our questions. The, the number one that I had on, on my list beyond just what the heck is this accessibility stuff I've been all about yeah. um, is, you know, is this, do all websites need to be accessible? Yeah. I, I did see a Facebook thread the other day where somebody said, no, for our clients, our client isn't somebody who needs accessibility. Our client's somebody who's an extreme sports person or something. Do all sites need to be accessible? <laughs> yes, all sites need to be accessible because accessibility does not is not only about people that are blind or people that are hard of hearing. It <laughs> accessibility also addresses all of the disabilities you can't see. Um, so uh, it addresses people that have cognitive disorders that need a little more time on pages. Um, it addresses uh, the, I could go on and on on the number of things that it could be. And then and, and anybody that says, well, that's not my that's not my customer. That is <laughs> fury. There's just fury <laughs> um, because they are your customer because they're buying things for other people. They're registering their children. They're doing things that you that is such a closed mindset and it's you're not going to grow. Your business is not going to grow and it's very short sighted. You're and not getting any referrals from that person. And <laughs> the thing is, is word of mouth is so huge because the first brand to actually make it super simple to buy something for people that need assistive technologies, for example, they're going to get all the word of mouth or the word of tweet or the word of Facebook. Like they're going to get all of the promotion, like free promotion that you can't buy from people that are like, hey, I struggle with this and I was able to use this website really easy. That happens. They have communities where they talk about where you can get things on a website works for you. Um, right. 73% of people have a problem with a website that is that they're experiencing barriers with, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and, and that's not all just people with visual and hearing impairments. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of data. There's I have, I have a lot of data. If anybody needs data, hit me up on Twitter. I'll hit you with a link. <laughs> Um, that sounds like the making of a really good blog post, actually. Oh, I there. It's already out there. That's why I said I'll send you a link because there's so much. Yeah, fun. let's let's definitely share some of those because I think those stats are important because as digital marketers, we know there's a billion things that we want to do, and we know we have to get them approved by someone, by our clients, by our boss, by our manager, mm -hmm. and the data really helps to build a business case to make it happen. Yeah, you know, we're we're even doing a, a scope change with one of our clients right now. And it needs to be data driven. We need to say this is what this could benefit, or the benefit that could come if we're able to, you know, solve these issues. And yeah. so, um, so having that data is so helpful for sure around accessibility. Yeah. Uh, next question: What tools can webmasters use? You already mentioned one yeah. uh, to get a higher score or grade on accessibility. That Wave extension, right? Yeah, there's a Wave extension, and you can also go to the W3C's website. It's uh, wave.webaim, so W-E-B-A-I-M.org. Uh, you can okay. go to that. That will help you get uh, You can actually put in a URL there and have it run through the tool. Um, you can also download the Chrome extension version of it, which makes it really handy because whatever page you're on, you just hit the extension, and away it goes, and it'll give you errors and, and um, warnings and things that you could work on. Uh, it, it also, it's handy because not only does it do it like from a technical standpoint, but it also does it from a, um, the color contrast standpoint. So it helps yes. out a little bit with designs. So you make sure you have enough contrast between the background color and the font color. And no, no light gray on a dark gray. Oh my gosh. Out. Light gray text is spam. <laughs> light gray text on a white background is spam. Uh, most people 
with glasses can't see it because the reflection that they get from their phone or from their lenses on their glasses actually makes it really hard to read. So if you haven't it's taken it outside, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's where I was going. Um, if you don't take your website outside for a walk and go sit outside on a sunny day and try to function through it without having to hide on, in your own shadow to see it, yeah. they sh people shouldn't need to do that to operate your I've website. even had to do that where I have to cover my phone. Yeah, yeah to... it looks like a hunchback in Notre Dame. We're all like, you know what I mean? We're all like hunched up using our body to shield the sun so we can see things and we shouldn't have to do that. So black font is best on a white background. You can, of course, use other colors, but just make sure if you're going to with color, for sure, always try to shoot for that AAA standard because there's the different variations, single, double A, and triple A. Triple A is where I'd go for color contrast every single time. Got it. Lately, I heard about a service, uh, it was about a month ago, that was actually ran by folks that have accessibility issues. And yeah. you can pay them to use your website mm -hmm. and give you accessibility advice based on their actual real experience. Mm -hmm. Do you know much about those or do you have one that you recommend? Um, I do know some, I do know a couple of them and I've vetted a couple of them. Um, I will have more news about that maybe later. Sweet. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's such a great thing because too, we're, we're helping provide jobs to folks that you know, might have a harder time, you know, getting a job somewhere else. And, and we're getting somebody's real experience, you know, using the site where they have real issues. It's not just, you know, a, an automated tool giving you, you know, specific clues, but it's a real person looking at your website. I thought that was such a neat idea. I wish I could remember the name of it, but that was such a, such a cool concept. I wanted, I honestly wanted to just like, like donate or invest in it just because I, I, I really believed in what they were doing. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And, uh, there's more to come on that. Um, sweet. the I biggest think. thing is, is that Easy. the, one of the biggest problems besides they're not my customer problem is, mm -hmm. um, not involving people with different abilities to test websites and just assuming like, oh, I've got my checklist. I'm going to do my checklist and everything's going to be grand. And that's not really how it works. Um, the, the hard part is, is you actually need people involved in doing it. You do need to have a service like that, that does do those testing and does use your site in different ways and give you feedback about how it's working for people just using a keyboard versus people that are just using a mouse versus people that are just you know, using assistive technology like a braille display or mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, t the, the text, reading the text to them as they navigate, those sort of things need to be tested. And, and that's the only way you're actually going to get to the, to the bottom of it and know what, how your site actually performs. And the other thing is, is those people mm -hmm. need to be involved from the ground up because retrofitting this stuff is really going to work hundred percent. It's, there's always going to be something that you drop the ball on. Mm -hmm. Um, but so it's like, it's, it has to be a very integrated thing. We already integrate our PPC with our SEO. Well, you hope anyway. Um, and we already integrate our design with with all of the different features and all the different places we show up in the world. Like right. this is just another spot where we need to integrate. And it is really cool because they get jobs and they get trained in a trade that they will always have. And and now you have peace of mind. And you, then you have you peace of mind and you're happy. You've got people. really cool mates yeah. that work with you. So it's, uh -huh. it's a good thing. But, to do. but for a small business, it can be really expensive. So I think the starting point, I think for everybody who's got, you know, a locksmith site or a you know, yeah. local florists, you know, start, start with some of the tools, yeah. maybe ask around to friends, yeah. you know, who, you know, might have accessibility issues just yeah. as a starting point and say, you know, Hey, could I, could I give you a Amazon gift card to buy some flowers off our site and, and just test it and, and give me some suggestions. Yeah. That might be something that you could do as a starting point before you go to somebody whose full-time job uh, is to do that. Because I can imagine that, that, that cost will add up. And for a, a florist with a $200 budget, you know, might struggle with yeah. um, you know, being able to do a full site audit. 
And well, that's, are, that's where I feel like tools fall short, don't you? Like shouldn't yeah. WordPress and the big tools, like if they can, they can do the math just as well as the wave mm-hmm. extension could, they should be notifying, Hey, this color font you chose isn't really compatible with the background color. Why might we suggest A, B or C, right? Yeah. Oh, you're getting into one of my, my peeves is, is the fact that WordPress has been around and why do people use WordPress? Because they want to market their websites. They want to put it online for the world. Right. Well, then why isn't there a title and meta description field in the page editors? Why do we have to use plugins for that? That doesn't Why? Why do you have it to use plugins? Yes. You yeah, cannot like, use those fields. You don't have to use the fields, but they should be available. The whole reason you have websites for marketing. Yeah. Yes. So I'm strange. with you on that. I don't get it. Anyway, so that, that drives me nuts. And I, and I get it. it the, those developers who, who develop WordPress um, are not fans of SEOs, marketer tech, and marketing don't always blend together no matter how much you try to create words like MarTech. They just never go perfectly <laughs> together. <laughs> well, we try so, so hard. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, what, what are some attributes or focal points that we really need to pay attention to when it comes to accessibility? Uh, well, fonts and colors, mentioned right? A lot. Yeah, so we've we've talked about a lot, but we'll just go through a quick review. We got fonts and colors, making sure fonts are large, that they're not too small, because these aren't. This isn't any different than the stuff that we're seeing from a Google's perspective from our council, where we're seeing things like um, the text is too small to read, or the clickable elements are too close together, or content is wider than the screen. Like all of these things that we're seeing us ra- being ranked by now within Google Search Console that show up in our Core Web Vitals information, right? All of these elements are part of the W3Cs, what they've been asking for for years. So like literally 20 years, it's been part of law. I remember, I remember using the WC3 HTML3 validator and yeah. uh, CSS validator when that one came out. We were all excited and we we're putting badges in the footer of our website yeah. for WC3 checked and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So just making sure that like those common sense things, that things aren't squished together, things are nice and clear, making sure that if you have a font color, it's not something that's so close to the background color that people can't differentiate. Maybe avoid putting green on red and red and green and blue on green and green on blue because of the colorblind, um, you know, abilities that people have. Um, Making sure that you have your alt text and that the alt text actually describes the shirt instead of just as a shirt. Um, and don't stuff it full of text, you know, or keywords, make sure that it's, I mean, you want a keyword in there. Like you don't want to miss the word shirt because you're so busy talking about the pattern, right? Sure. But you do want to make sure that it's a good quality alt text. T- on your t-shirt, images. comma, t-shirts, comma, t-shirts. <laughs> comma, yeah, Google gets it. <laughs> it misspelled, right? Yeah, yeah I make, I make a joke that. that aside from a blood type and a shoe size, <laughs> Google's about as human as we get now because it's just, it's evolved so much. So we don't it's need to spam it. Funny looking at those old sites in archive.org. It's like one of my favorite things to do when I need a tangent break because I go back to like the, the early 2000s in archive.org and I look at some of these old websites and mm-hmm. it's like, same thing. It's a, instead of it being a descriptive um, title case alt attribute, it's just keyword, 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 keyword. It's just yeah. hilarious. It's, and it worked back then because it was a wild, wild west of SEO, it, you know, it, but unfortunately a lot of those old guides and documents and eBooks are still floating around out there and folks all over the world are still using them like the Bible. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't work anymore. You know, get your yeah. get your content up to date. Yeah. Well, and then there's like technical things from well, not really technical, but just go test your site. Go to your site, put your mouse away, like throw it in a drawer or shut it off, and just try to tab through your site. And use tab to go down through your site, and use shift tab to reverse back up. I think a lot of people have forgotten how to do that because we're so used to yeah. scrolling on our mouse. 
Um, but tab through and can you skip through the navigation? Can you skip over the navigation and land in the content and just read the content? If you can't, that's, that's, the, um, that's the nav tag that does that, right? Yeah. And then, um, so you want to make sure you do that. And then because otherwise some people, some websites you get start tabbing through and you literally get stuck going through every navigation item. So, and if there's drop downs, then you're just going on forever. And then you find something, you finally get to the content you want to read. And then you have to tab through the navigation again, once you click that like text link in it to go buy the product. Now you have to tab through the navigation all the way again. And so if it's a very long site with a lot of different um, levels, you're going to have a problem with people just getting frustrated and leaving off your site. So that's like another thing you can do is like take it for a walk, go outside, check it, make sure contrast is good and it's easy to see in sunlight, in sunlight or with a heavy glare. Um, go tab through your Vertical site. Vertical and horizontal like you said before, right? Yeah. What was that? Vertical and horizontal like you are saying. Yeah, before. do the vertical horizontal thing. Make sure that everything pinches and zooms the way it needs to so that people can see it really well. And if they zoom in does the font automatically wrap or are we now going left to right as well as up and down when we're scrolling like those are issues um should we, should we care about a 2009 blackberry <laughs> oh that's a really the fun question, question i kind of i don't know <laughs> i don't know probably but i feel like i don't know i haven't done anything on a blackberry in so long i would have to actually take it and go go find one plug it in I've been telling my clients if they're not sure about compatibility to just yeah. look at the last year of traffic at device traffic and analytics. Yeah. If you don't see a 2009 BlackBerry in there, you probably don't need to worry about it. But That's, if you do see a lot of them, then, you know. That and there's tools out there where you can you can spoof that you're using each of them, right? So you can go spoof that you're using a, a Apple 6S and you can spoof yeah. that you're using a Samsung. Mobile test.me was one I was using for a while. Yeah, so you can do around. things like that so that you can um, go through and check all the different, make sure things are wrapping the right way and that you don't have a headline somehow off the screen or there's a... Um, interstitial is a pop-up, right? The pop-up that pops up off of the mobile screen and you can't actually get to it. Yeah. Or I, think, um, I always thought they did that on purpose just to force you to fill out a form. Okay. You know, it's like, really? Like, well, seriously, I can't close this thing? Right. And so those little X's that people are making too hard or um, the actual, like where the, um, mm -hmm. where the focus is, if you actually are tabbing through the focus, a lot of times will be off of the image itself. It's not even where the X is. And the reason you have to match it so many times is that eventually you'll get to the right enough pixels that you'll actually hit the X. Um, that is not, that is, that is not okay. That is actually directly against it. It really ticks me off. When oh I my gosh, the fury. I can't imagine having to go through and tab to it. And then it's at the bottom of the code. So now you're going through and listening. If you're not, if you can't see, you don't know why you can't get to what you want to get to, because it's not telling you that's where you are. You can't close it. And then you get taken to another page and now you're, you know what I mean? Now you're like, where was I? How did this happen? And this, they're just infuriating for everybody. Uh, my I, I figured out a fix, by the way, not, not that it's going to fix the website and for the webmaster, they still need to fix it. But um, a couple of months ago, I discovered the three dots up on the top right of my browser mm -hmm. and a nice little option that says view as desktop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> desktop view. And now when I go to desktop view, it just goes and now I can actually do whatever I need to do. And but you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. I know, problem? but now at least I know my way out because right. I was stuck. I was so frustrated. But now, and yeah, I wouldn't go back to that site again. But it's the fact that and if that's... it does happen to you, that, that seems to work. So 80% of people that go to a website and get frustrated because of the accessibility yeah. issues or the, the, the experience, 80% will never come back. Yeah. 
That's just that's Amazing. just a fact. That's just that's that's the top stat on that blog post you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. So you and your tricky little interstitials, if you're one of those people that are creating those things, eat uh-huh. that. <laughs> <Neil Patel. coughs> Excuse Sorry. me. <laughs> Sorry. Neil, Neil um, Patel. Yeah. And then the one of we the love things- We love you, Neil. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say that was really important. Oh, Attributes. can we talk about landing pages really, really quick? Yes. Landing pages have to have an escape to the homepage. They mm-hmm. have to. And I know that marketers really love those tight little funnels that you can As, see. SEOs call them spider traps. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, like, I know that they want, I know they want them, but they, that is, it is not okay. And so um, your home, you have to have a link to the homepage, either somewhere on the page in a text link form that is also labeled, make sure those text links are labeled. Um, but also the, you need, the logo should be in the top left-hand corner and be accessible very easily with the first tab click and be able to escape. Um, it's not ideal for people that want them to go down the spider trap or through the funnel. However, it is mandatory. So yep. I agree. You know, Vincent Flanders back in the day had a site called Web Pages That Suck. Yeah. And he would go through and, and basically that. teach web pages. Remember that? <laughs> yes, he he I came do. up with the streams, the non intuitive navigation. And the guy was a pioneer in the world of, of you know usability. And it it still surprises me that that web designers, while we value their creative abilities, try to create a non intuitive experience for users that isn't standardized. If I have to think about where I need to go to navigate the website, right. my site failed. So, right. like logos going in the middle of the, the the screen instead of off to the you know the the top left, or yeah. not having a standard navigation across the top right and having it kind of hidden or somewhere on the left or something weird, you know, it's yeah. there. There are there are standards. You know, when you navigate to websites that you're just used to, and I know you want to be creative, web designers out there, but. Um, you need to find a balance. You know, you can be creative while still maintaining usability standards so that users know what to do when they get to the website without having to figure your website out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody should have to learn your website. That's what it comes down yes. to. In short, they shouldn't. Sure. And the thing is, is a lot of people are like, well, you know, there's, it's not, it's not, it's only 20% of my business or whatever. And I don't want to, I don't want to work so hard to get my website to do it this way so that in, in the end, like all of us are aging, just straight up. And so sites that work easily, easy for people with disabilities or the technologies that they're using, they work even better for people without disabilities. So yeah. this isn't about just about this group. When you do a good job making your website or your or your app or your online documentation, your PDFs, your if your internal systems, if you make sure that those are all accessible, you are not only, and that the user experience is nice and clean and simplistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you said, natural, it's a natural experience. You're not learning any, you don't have right. to learn how to run it. You are making the world better for people with disabilities, but you're making it super smooth for people without. And that makes it so that money is spent faster. Uh, lead, lead forms are filled out more quickly because they're not trying to figure out how to do it. Like it's just, um, speaking of forms, like if you autofill, oh, well, autofill is like, why not do that? Why not take the pain out of it? I'm a busy mom. I have two exchange students. I got to get to soccer and feed them. And I've got two of my own that are figure skaters and another soccer player. I don't all the information with your keyboard. Yes. I shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to go bloop, 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 bloop all the way through from my phone or on my, on my computer. Shopify has it down. Anytime I click an ad in Instagram that goes to a Shopify site, I can literally just, just thumb my way through the entire experience. Yes. 
Yes. And, you know, Father's Day gifts, they get ordered on time when that happens. So mm-hmm. things, because you don't have to like, oh, shoot, I have to actually sit down and fill this out. That's right? right. It's it's Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah. Cool. Hey, that's yeah. just a few days away. Um, right. So things like that, birthday presents, anniversary presents, like that all gets spent. That money gets spent and those products get uh, sent faster mm-hmm. when you don't have to sit down and do that. And those forms, back to the forms, um, the, when you have forms, if you have what the form needs to be completed properly in the cell itself. And when somebody clicks in there, it disappears. That is a big no-no. It needs to either rise above the cell so they can still see like birthdays. How many times have you taken your birthday out of a field? Because you couldn't remember if it was a two or a four digit year, Uh right? That, or phone numbers. Do I need parentheses around the, the, you know, the area code or do I just straight put it in? Does it need dashes? Does it not need dashes? If you make it so that when people click in there, they can no longer, they no longer have the tip. Um, that's a, that hurts people with cognitive disabilities or short-term memory loss or things like that. So it's not just, just like show the example, right? Right in the field. Here's yes. what it's supposed to look like. Example. Yes. And like, in a yeah, and as soon as somebody clicks in there, it needs to go right above it so that they can still see it while they're typing. Um, so that's those are those are big things. Uh, breadcrumbs become a thing too. People are like, "Well, breadcrumbs—they just take up so much space, and we want to move everything up." They they are hard to make look good sometimes. Sketchers had a really rough time with trying to figure out how they were going to place them within their uh, taxonomies, and so they they came up with some innovative ways to do it. Uh, right. But still, standardizing it, it just makes it easier for people. It's it's tough. It's tough for a designer to have to figure out how to make breadcrumbs look pretty, you yeah. know, when they've got a lot of visual elements on the page. Yeah, yeah. but at some point, pretty needs to go to the, by the wayside for function. And for people that like might land on a specific pair of shoes from the SERPs, they need to know where they are in the site. Yep. And, and it looks so much better in the SERPs when there is a breadcrumb because it'll give you the full text and not just the URL. Yeah. So there's so many benefits of using the the, the markup for breadcrumbs to be able to do that for sure. And it's very good. Breadcrumbs are essential for people with cognitive disabilities or differing, differing cognitive abilities, because mm-hmm. depending on if it's short-term memory loss or if they, even, even for people that are, that don't have a disability that just walk away from their computer and they come back or they walk away from their phone and they come back and they're like, okay, now where was I? Right. Like yep. just knowing where they were, that's just knowing where they are in the page at all times is essential. It has to be there. Yeah, I, I think there's another thing too that that webmasters and digital marketers can start thinking about is is voice search. Right now, yeah. there's there's more and more ways that Google is trying to understand the content on your page to be able to have the user interact without actually using their device. They could actually just talk in, you know, okay, you're on this website, right? Yeah. What would you like to do? It's going to get to a place where you're going to be using these action tags so that the the search engine crawlers know. The attributes that are on the page to allow you to interact with the website without even touching your phone. We're we're going to be untethering ourselves over the next few years. So for no other reason, you know, just just trying to to tag and mark up everything in a way where a user can can one tap their way through if they want to, or eventually have the search engine um, walk them through how they interact with your page without having to touch a, a phone or a desktop altogether. So I think there's a lot of benefits in you know, and thinking about those focal points that you mentioned for sure. Yeah. So those, those are just, those are just a few that pop into my head every time that I get, I'm almost defensive of those items, but please (laughs) just do these. Like this is just like non-negotiable. But yeah, that's, that's a good thing. And also with you're talking about voice search, like there's going to come a time where we're going, Hey, Alexa, I need a new pair of 
uh, I don't know, New Balance, you know, 1820s in a size eight and a half, where can I get them or, you know, ship them to me type thing. And Alexa does all the things or Siri does all the things, right? Yeah, she's going to send you to Amazon because she's a little biased, but (laughs) but yeah. Well, yeah, but the same thing, right? Darn you, Alexa. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I kind of like her. She keeps my kids on task because they yep. she, like does the whole like, hey, mom's going to be home in 30 minutes. Better clean up the living room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That routines are amazing. We use them on our, our home devices and our Alexas and they're they're a lot of fun. And um, we talked about this one uh, last time when we, we got introduced. Yeah. Um, this is a tough one for a lot of businesses because it it seems like a like a quick fix, but it really isn't. And that's the idea of using you know, a, a plugin or extension that that offers that pretty little blue handicap uh, button yeah. um, on the website, accessibility button on the website. Um, what are, um, I don't know, what are the advantages and disadvantages of, of using that? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, it's, it's about, it's, uh, it's good. They, they okay. are good uh, because they do help people that would really like a high contrast mode. So you can, they can quickly change your website. They're not an end all. Right? What was that? They're not an end all. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't fix anything. All they do. So if your website is not accessible, it's not going to fix your website accessibility and you're, it's not going to cover you from a lawsuit. It just isn't, but it is going to add a benefit for your users, which all of this is about users. This shouldn't be like, what's my checklist. It should be about like, how do I make this work for everybody? Um, but it's, it helps people that need different size font or need different uh, background color because the white on the black, you know, white background with black text is tough. So they switch it to black background with white text. Like it's, these are nice to have things. These, this is an accessory. It's like having a really great pair of shoes for your outfit or having the you know, right. You know, it would be a great test, I don't but I just thought as brainstorm, uh, it would be to, if you're not sure, load it up on your website, test your conversion rates after two weeks or if you don't get much traffic after a month, see if it adds a benefit because it, you, it, you might be surprised that it might actually help. But if you find that it doesn't, um, if you find it's distracting and most of your users aren't, aren't uh, using it and it actually has a negative impact, then go back to like, what we were talking about, the foundational items that affect accessibility. Yeah. Uh, but just running a test, you might actually find that with adding one little button, you might get more sales. Yeah. And if you help 3% of your of your customers that come to your website because they do prefer a black background, you know, on in with the white text, then you've all you've done is make it easier experience for them. And that's a good thing all the way around. I love it. So what are your favorite websites that nail accessibility? This is this is one I'm sure everyone's going to be taking notes like crazy on so that they have a bar to try to live up to. What are some of your favorite examples that you give to clients? Um, Well, I only really have one because like I said, only like 10% of websites out there um, do it really well. I have loads of them that have not done it real correctly um, or haven't even attempted it. But um, when I spoke at a conference in March, I was told, oh, all of the UK sites, they're all accessible. We did like funding and things for small businesses. This is just inaccessible websites in the UK is not a thing. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I did some research to find out who the biggest money makers are in the UK. And at the top of the list, number one is Unilever, right? So unilever.co.uk mm-hmm. is the best website I've found so far. Um, if you know a really good one, please send them my way because I would love to have more than one example. But even even their images on the homepage are talking about inclusivity and how hard they're working to try to make Unilever very inclusive from the ground up. Um, and that's about the teams, they've, there's been team development they have. Their SEOs are actively working on this. Um, I interviewed 
just it was like more not really like an interview but it was I guess it was kind of just to see like what they're doing. I talked to somebody over there that's in SEO that is working on accessibility and they, they have it as a high priority. It's one of the number one things they're doing and they should, they're one of the biggest money makers in the UK. They should be leading the pack, right? Like uncle Ben told Spider-Man, right? Great power comes great responsibility. So you Uh, should be doing those things. Um, Those those Marvel fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I am. Um, But yeah, unilever.co.uk is the best one I've seen. Um, I checked things in the U.S. like Coca-Cola. Last time I checked them, they didn't even have an H1 on the homepage. Their logo didn't have a title or didn't have a alt text. Alt their, text. Um, their language wasn't selected on the site. Um, they had a lot of issues. I checked. <laughs> I checked Facebook, <laughs> Twitter. I've checked a lot of them, and nobody really does it really well that I can find. And like I said before, Apple is or ABC, not Apple, abc.go.com was probably the worst one of them all. Um, I can, I can tell you that Coca-Cola has never really been interested in your health or well-being. Yeah, correct. correct. Fair point. Fair point. Um, (laughs) But no, so I I did, I've gone through and tried to find some really like good examples and that was the best one. And um, I I will continue to use them as an example. And the thing is, is like, I'll check their site randomly and you will see that they had like somebody forgot an alt text on a new image that went up because of a new event for this month. Right. Yeah. But you'll also check like a couple weeks later and you'll see that it's been rectified. Like they have, you can tell that there's testing Audits. going on and it's not a done thing. Like they're like, not check. I'm done. Our site's accessible. Peace out. They're that not- is an insane quality assurance process. I might have to call them and say, give me your checklists. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. really cool. So I like, I've randomly checked them like, Oh man, now I, I shouldn't really use them. But I'm like, no, actually they, on their page, they had four errors, right? And and two of them were alt text on new images that had just gone up for whatever event was going on. I can't remember what they were. And then one of the other ones was there was a banner where the where there was text, two different colored text on a colored banner, and they the contrast wasn't quite there. It was a double A, but it wasn't like a triple A contrast. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, and and you check back a couple weeks later, and you can see that they've it's been rectified or changed and it's just really cool to see that they're making that effort and it's watching, been yeah, watching that that process that's pretty cool yeah so can can websites ever really be 100 percent compliant this is the controversial question of the day right and if not what are some best practices to combat any of those loopholes like you fix one thing and then it causes issues with another right yeah that's like the biggest pain about accessibility is that when you do fix one and if you say you're like we're going to make sure our website's 100 percent perfect for people that um, have low vision or no vision and that we need to make sure that they can always access our site and it's super easy, then you might completely miss the fact where you need captions for people that need that have hearing loss, right? So you have to be really careful about trying, it's, it's a gray line, it's not a black and white line, there's a gray line and you need to do your best to walk on, walk it and catch everything as you go. Um, it's never going to be hundred percent done. It's just like websites period just are never done. There's always one new product to add or a new service or a new service or product to retire those things. It's always going to change. So you're never going to get a definitive. Yes, you're all done. You have passed. Here's your gold sticker. <laughs> we have, we have that issue in SEO when we're trying to get Google page speed, and yes. Google lighthouse and uh, pingdom tools. We're trying to get them all perfect scores and you get a perfect score on one and it causes a problem on the other. And we're just like, you know what? We, we have to we have to find that balance and just, just accept one and, and move on. So for me, I, I tend to choose, you know, the, the new Google 
Core Web Vitals and yes. Search Console yep. um, and the Lighthouse tool. And then I don't worry as much about some of the other third-party tools because that way at least I'm, I'm taking my my audit from the source. Exactly. But, uh, they're not ranking yeah. you. The third-party so, tools are not ranking you. No matter how good you look on them on your site speed, they're not the ones actually giving you the grade. If you're, yeah. It's like going to your science teacher for your English grade. <laughs> you know and, I, you know, and I heard recently that some of the tools that are in Google Search Console are are separate. Like they, they are sourced from, um, they're, they're not specifically tied into like the, the search algorithms or anything. It's like a whole separate like tool set. I always thought, hey, Search Console is taking our, our search appearance and um, tying it in to help us rank. And it turns out it's, it's really kind of like, almost like a third party tool of their own yeah. that they're using to help webmasters that there isn't, isn't sort of some direct signal from Search Console to um, you know, to your website rankings, which is, which is great. Cause then you don't have to, you don't have to stress out as much when you see warnings and errors in search console. It just gives you a nice little prioritized list to work on. Um, but, uh, but I think that's really neat. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. Uh, so small businesses, I know, like we mentioned, there's, there's some uh, tools out there that they can experiment with. Um, a lot of them probably can't afford, you know, uh, accessibility, consultant or a company, what are, what are some suggestions of places that they could go to um, one to kind of get a checklist of what they, what they should be focused on um, and, and two some ways that they can kind of keep an eye on accessibility and have some, some level of peace of mind until they get to a place with their business that they could afford to bring in, you know, um, a service provider. So I would, tools is tricky, but we've talked about a couple of them. Um, checklists are hard. Okay, so let's start with tools. Tools, um, the webaim.org, so wave.webaim.org. Go there, put your URL in, and test it. Or you can also download the Chrome extension or the extension for uh, Firefox and then it's test crazy. your site. So that's a really good way to start. Um, getting familiar with the W3C website, which is w3.org, and then you want to go to forward slash WAI for Web Accessibility Initiative. So that is where you can start reading the WCAG or the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. Like they're listed there so you can see like how in-depth they go. And you'll also the know- first page I'm going to test, by the way, for accessibility. <laughs> you should, because the team that works on it is they're really, and it's a very, it's a very simplistic page to get through because they need to make sure it's accessible. So a lot of, that's one of the things that designers don't like. Well, it has to be so simplistic for it to be- um, completely accessible, or it's just going to challenge us to be better in the end, right? Like everything yeah. that makes you like everything that hurts seems to make you stronger, like they say. So mm -hmm. we're gonna there's gonna be an evolution of all websites as this goes forward because we know accessibility is part of Google's core algorithms because we're seeing it with like we talked about text too small to read, clickable elements yeah. too close together, yada yada yada. Our web vitals, a lot of that's accessibility. That's a lot. A lot of it's accessibility. So like, mm -hmm. if you haven't heard that, please hear that accessibility <laughs> is part of Google's evolution. That is what's going on right now. So user experience. Accessible websites. That's that's the that's the ticket. <laughs> so and, going for that. In our, it's been in our tech audits for years. So we, we've, yeah. always, we've always been big believers in it. Partially in the beginning, even without data, simply because it it lowers the exit rate when somebody does visit your website and mm -hmm. they decide to go back to Google and choose a different result. You mm -hmm. know that that search behavior signal is sort of a long term way that Google's looking at the page's relevancy. And so exactly. for us, if we can do something for accessibility to keep people on our website. Yeah, um, that means it affects our search behavior signals, and you know, 
but yeah, you're right. There's there's definitely a, a tie-in, and we're hearing it more and more and more. So yeah. if if there's anything a business wants to prioritize with their SEO this year, it should absolutely, I think it should absolutely be accessibility. Yeah. So the 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 tools through W3C, um, core your core web vital measurements and things like that within Lightspeed or, or you know PageSpeed Insights and um, in your Search Console. Mm-hmm. Those are another place to start to make sure like all of those things are green and you don't see a lot of red and yellow. All your URLs are good. Um, that's a place to start. You could also go to AimClear's blog. AimClear's blog, there's actually a basic test um, uh, post in there. Like here are some things you can test just to see where you're at. There's also- I think I never wrote that. I did. <laughs> I also wrote a guide. I wrote an accessibility guide to kind of get you started on- an introduction of what accessibility is to help you. Um, there's also on the website, there is a, it's the deck from the conference I did in March where the, my whole goal was to help you build a case study to pitch it to your C-suite. So it takes That's you fantastic. through the numbers from both an American and, or I shouldn't say American, I should say United States, United States and UK data. So. Um, one of the things that I found when I was doing my research and working with Purple, Purple is an organization in the UK that talks about the Purple Pound and how much money is in the pockets of people with disabilities or their families. Mm-hmm. And I worked with them to get data and like they and to, had a lot of conversations with them about how do you, how would we present all this stuff? And I yeah. put it all together and they liked it so much I got to present with them on International right. Accessibility Day, which was super cool to be with yeah. like the people, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did work for... Um, for the UK, we did research, we did research on the US and divided it up by um, disability versus the amount of money they have, the spending power they have. So a quick example is like in the US, independent living difficulty um, is $140 billion a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the UK, um, independent living uh, difficulty is 60 billion a year. And we know that it's it's increasing 14% year after year. So that number is astronomical. And by not being accessible in the UK, an example is um, supermarkets, by not having accessible websites or apps, lose over 501 million pounds a month. Wow. That's an incredible amount of money. Restaurants is like 163 million pounds they've lost. Um, Building, building like banks and building associations um, or societies, building societies, uh, 935 uh, 935 million pounds a month. Like okay. that's money lost because their stuff isn't accessible. Can you imagine being a bank and not having accessible online access for people that need to see what's in their account? I cannot imagine being that. You know, when you're in the millions like that, it, it seems ignorant to not spend whatever is necessary to be able to make that site um, more accessible. It feels like yes. even for a large brand, it might end up being, you know, a hundred or $200,000 initiative but if you're making an extra million dollars a month, who cares? Right. And if you know, it also goes back to that 10% yeah. of your competition is maybe accessible, depending on yeah. your industry, maybe. So you've got 10% competition in a in a monthly possible income of so many million dollars. Is That's an astronomical amount of money. I just can't even imagine being like, yeah, they're not my customers. Like I literally- When, when, is, when is the data is there, right? <laughs> The it's data, there. yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. So the presentation's on the AimClear website? Yeah, it's on the AimClear website. And then just like, so one more, like one more fun fact, and then, and I don't make friends at Twitter and Facebook when I do this, but Uh-oh. I'm not actually sure if it's the phone platform or if it's the, the apps themselves, but like 
when we were talking about my friend and how she couldn't rotate her phone and losing access to like Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Messenger, like just you name it, it wasn't available anymore. Um, there are over a hundred thousand keywords searched every month with, uh, you name the search or you name the social channel plus the word horizontal over a hundred thousand searches, um, are just for like Facebook plus horizontal 145,000 searches every 30 days. What do you, what do you think the story is there? Why? Honestly, uh, ignorance. That is literally the only thing I can think of. And it's 873 keywords out there with that sort of a, that's the, that's the intent, right? Or, um, extension to download, to make Facebook horizontal or extension to download, to make Twitter go horizontal like that. There's an astronomical amount of people that are looking for help to stay connected the way they've been connected all these years. And also they're just losing it because it doesn't rotate. So, but they could come out with Facebook lights and other versions of, of their, but they can't come up with it. That's not cool. It's not cool. It's literally just not caring. And and yeah. the fact that there's no way they can say that they don't know. There's just no way. They have had to have been at mentioned or I mean I have. I've had mentioned them and say, them, I'm nobody, but you know what I mean? But it's like they like it's it's very aggravating to me and it, it was really sad seeing somebody that I love so much not be able to to be on those apps. Especially when cool. like you're, she's living in a facility and it's COVID and nobody could go visit her. And then, you know, how, how, like, just think about how much we panic when we lose our phone for an hour. Think about not ever getting your phone back, right? Like that's literally what's happening. Yeah, so it's just, nightmare. yeah, it's sad. It's very, very so sad. Question for you, for those, those larger brands that, that do suddenly have that epiphany of, oh my God, I've, I need to start really paying attention to this. Does, does AimClear offer a, a, a service to help? Yeah, we audit, like we audit okay. sites. Fantastic. So, so how would they get a hold? They just go to AimClear and fill out a form. What's the best way they can get a hold of you to, to kind of get a, a discovery call going? Yeah, the the best way to get a hold of me is not through LinkedIn. <laughs> so don't send me a hey, I want to chat in LinkedIn, please. Um, uh, go to AimClear's website. Go to the contact us. Fill out um, the form. It's very short and simple and easy to do. Um, yeah, and you know what? There's nothing above the form. It's just a form. The contact us page should just be a form. Nothing else. No ads. You know, like because that's accessibility 101 too. Um, so just fill out the form. Tell us what what you want to talk about. Tell us a little bit about yourself so we can make sure we get the right team on the call. And because we want to make sure that we get you started on the right foot to success and. Um, yeah, hit the website, fill that out, and we'll get the team and all the right members gathered and brains going together and magic happens. I can, I can tell you as a, as a client ourselves, I mean, we we won't go anywhere else. The, the team there is incredible. Eric, Joe, Marty, yeah. <laughs> Laura, Leah, everybody there. You're just, you're just incredible. So I, I definitely recommend at least getting on a call to see, you know, what the opportunity might look like. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that the team there, they don't just jump into cost or you have to pay for that they're they're listening and they want to know you know more about your business and how you know how they can help um so this was another amazing episode leah you're incredible uh leah scudamore if, if it, you uh, want to get in contact with her you can uh, go straight to aim clear fill out a form chat with her yeah. talk about all things seo and accessibility thank you so much for being on the show today any final thoughts for folks who are listening um just don't do it looking for a checklist. Like literally do it because it's the right thing to do. Oh man, and, I'm a checklist person. That's I know. Cool. That's the hardest part, right? Devs and SEOs, we want a checklist and we want to knock them off that. But do it for people because regardless if you realize this or not, accessibility is coming for you or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your best friend. 
and you want to be the people that move it. SEOs right now are in a spot to change the world for better. And everybody's like, oh, it's just reasonable. You know, what's reasonable to do with our website? We just moved the entire globe home to work during a pandemic. Reasonable is out the window. Uh That websites need to be accessible. I love it. Thank you again for being on the show. This was so much fun. Uh, we definitely got to do something again in the in the future, and I'm sure we'll we'll be talking a lot offline. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.